and welcome to the Acting Notes podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things acting, from tips and tricks to business information. I'm your host, Justin Powell, and today we're going to talk about how you can make sure you are crushing your self-tapes. Let's get into it. So self-tapes seem like they are here to stay. In some capacity, I think self-tapes will, you know, for now, always be a thing. Things could change down the line, but as of right now, many casting directors seem to prefer that option, to be able to reach out to more actors and actresses and to get to see their creativity on a self-tape. So here are some tips to help you dominate these auditions. First off, I just want to get into the technical side of it. You know, I cast a short film recently, and while the technical didn't disqualify people inherently, it definitely it definitely made an impact. When I saw someone who was shooting with a very cluttered background or had horrible audio, it did give the impression that they were very green, which is not inherently a bad thing, of course, but it's just something that it's an impression I get before you even say a word. And I don't think I'm alone in that. I think many casting directors would agree that the first image, the first impression they get of you, that is important. We hear that all the time, right? How important our first impression is. Some people say that the casting directors only watch like five seconds of your tape. And if there's a lot of technical problems within the first five seconds, it makes it less likely they'll watch it all the way through. Now, I can't speak for every casting director, obviously. I know what happened for me when I was watching these tapes that were about three minutes long is that eventually it got to a point where I was watching the key moments of the scene the things I really needed to see from the actor because I knew if they hit that first beat that they could probably get the other ones up until that big shift that came halfway through and then the final shift I only watched certain parts of the tape that doesn't mean we can slack off on those sides right but it means we should try to present the best quality tape technically as possible. Obviously with our acting as well, but I just want to focus on the technical for this section of the podcast. So first off, you need a clean backdrop. Can't be stuff behind you. No plants, no pets coming in. Now, is this the case for every self-tape? Maybe not. You know, there are some commercial auditions you might get where they do want to see your house or they say you can shoot it at your desk. But I'd say about 95% of the time, maybe even more, 90, 98, you're going to want a clean backdrop. Now, you can shoot against a blank wall. You know, that's what I do. I shoot against my wall, but I take down some pictures when I do so. Or you can get on Amazon, and this is not me, I'm not getting any money for this. You can get a uh, <clears throat> blue or green backdrop that you can just pop up onto your wall. 
It's like 40 bucks, I think. Seems pretty effective. But you need something that can work as a backdrop. Next thing you're going to need, obviously, is a tripod. And please, this is... Some of you are going to hear this next note, and you're going to think, of course. Why are you even saying this, Justin? But I've seen a lot of auditions and a lot of videos just recently of actors sending stuff in where they are auditioning in a vertical format, like it's TikTok or Instagram. And I get it. I understand why you might think that's the way to do it. But it is not. At least not at this point in the industry. And I, for one, hope it never changes. Because I don't think watching vertical video is nearly as interesting. But it's horizontal. Make sure that your phone, or if you're recording on a camera, make sure it's horizontal. Have it on a tripod. You can get a nice HD camera if you want. I have a 1080p that I shoot some auditions with. But your phone nowadays will probably work fine, especially if you have one of the newer models. They shoot in 4K for the most part, and I haven't seen the new iPhone's cinematic mode, but from what I understand, it looks pretty amazing for auditions. A phone should be good enough. Now, you also need good lights. A lighting kit. You can get those on Amazon for pretty cheap. And what I would do if I were you is I would look up Google three-point lighting. And that will give you an idea of how you want to light your audition. Essentially, if you're facing the camera, the tripod's right in front of you, you want the light off to one side or the other. Now, what I like to do is I have it so my phone, when it's in the tripod, the camera's to the left. I don't know if this is going to work visually here, but try and stay with me. The camera on the phone is to the left, right? And so I put my light to the right-hand side behind the tripod. Because I think it's better to shoot into shadow, if possible. That's a common choice they make in film. You'll often see light on one side of the actor's face and they're shooting into the shadow side. It's just something I like to do. It's not, you know, find out what works for you. That's the other thing is a lot of this has to become malleable to the location you have available to shoot. You have to rearrange things as they work for you. But you want to make sure that when you are on camera, we can see your face. We can see the expressions you make. We can see your eyes. And the way you light determines that. So you have that key light, right? That's the one that's slightly off to the side behind the tripod. You're going to put up a side light as well. And that's going to be opposite the key light. So that'll be behind you. And what that does is it fills in more light. It gives you a little bit of separation from the background as well. Now for extra credit, you can get a hair light. That's one that is above you or to the side, but something that, again, helps you stand out from the background. So that's some of the technical stuff. Audio-wise... There are lavalier mics you can get. 
that hook up to your phone. If you have an external microphone, I have one right now that I'm recording on, you can always record audio on there and then sync it up afterwards in iMovie or Premiere Pro, whatever you use to edit. And sometimes the phone audio is good enough. So again, we do have to determine, this is something I can't answer for you, what your budget is on all of this. Because sometimes if it's a big audition, I will pull out my Zoom H4n Pro recorder, which is something you can use to record audio for films. I don't do that often, but I have that option available to me now. It's not always necessary. That's the thing. So determine your budget. I would say if you have a nice phone, one that you can use to record, then lighting, backdrops, then tripod. Well, actually, it's probably tripod first, right? Tripod first, lighting, and then backdrops are the most important things. And then audio, you can do that as well. So that's some of the technical side, but let's talk about something. Actually, I'll get into that a little bit later. Great job by Justin. (laughs) Follow my outline like a king. Let's talk about memorization. Should you memorize your lines? You know, sometimes we get auditions and we have an evening before they're due. They're due the next day and there are eight pages. Should you spend all your time memorizing? Well... Some of that depends on how quickly you can memorize, right? I have an audition that's due tomorrow. It is three pages long. It took me a half hour to memorize the whole thing because I practice memorizing every day. That's not me tooting my own horn. It just happens to be something I'm decently good at is memorizing. But I think if... If I get an audition right now that's eight pages due tomorrow, I probably wouldn't focus all my time on memorization. Instead, I would focus on understanding the scene and the character and what I want, doing some script work. And oftentimes when you do that script work, the memorization naturally comes. But if you're not going to be memorized, there are other options. You can get a teleprompter app. On your phone, you can get that you could also get an app called cold read where you essentially put in your lines and that way you're just reading them off the phone so these are options that can help you out when you don't have a lot of time if you do have about a week before the auditions do i'd say memorize get off book it's going to let you be more free in the moment which will show up better on camera right We're going to take a little break here, but we'll be back in a little bit with some more tips. Welcome back. Here are some more tips to help you kill those self-tapes. It's always better to have a reader, right? So if you know that you have an audition, a self-tape that you're going to have to do, And you don't have someone you live with that can help you or you don't immediately know who to call for this. 
then I'd put something out on your Instagram or start texting friends now and seeing who might have time and when. There's also an app called We Audition where you can get other actors that will read with you. Now, to do so, you also will have to read with other actors. That's how you get credits to do so. And I have not used it myself, but I've heard it's good. I've heard it's worked for some people. But always try to get an actual reader for your scene. And what I do, too, is I usually will break down the scene a little bit for them once I talk to them, right? This is what the scene's about. This is your character. This is what my character's doing to your character. Give them a little something, a little, a little something, so that they can play with you, right? So that they can read with you. Let's talk about eye lines on camera, because sometimes that can be tricky. I often see people where they're just looking too far off to the side on their eye lines. If you're in a scene with one person, you're just talking to one person in the scene, then you can place them just off the camera. So you're not looking directly into the lens, right? You look slightly to the left or slightly to the right. If there's a second person in the scene that you talk to for a while, you know, if it's a three-person scene, a lot of dialogue between all three, then I would place them the other direction. Just opposite wherever the first person was. Now, some people, they'll put up tape to look at. If you have a reader, maybe ask them to stand right next to the camera so they can be your eye line. Or just start working on that on your own. Start taping things. And that's something else. That's a huge tip for all of this, is you can put yourself on camera every day so that you start to understand how to work with the camera better, right? You don't need an audition to put yourself on camera. Well, those are some thoughts on eye lines. Keep them kind of close. Something I heard from a teacher once too, which I enjoy, I think it works, is that a very powerful thing you can do is bring your eyes across camera. So if you're looking at that one person, if you find a reason in the scene to look to the other side, it's interesting. And that might seem weird to you. You might be like, but that's not truthful acting. I'm not in the moment if I do that. And there's a balance, right? I think truth is always the most interesting. So if you want to sacrifice a technical choice for truth, then yeah, that's great. But there are technical things that we can do that just look good on camera, that are dynamic and might help us. For example, how do we use our frame? You know, I'll often see auditions where the actor is just so stagnant. They're just not moving at all. And sometimes that's required, you know. I'm not saying just force yourself to move because Justin from Acting Notes said you can't be stagnant. I didn't say that. But I do see that a lot. I just see a lot of people who 
aren't moving and it doesn't seem like it's a choice it seems like it's just because they don't know what else to do it's almost like there's a fear of moving too much so they lock themselves in place and we don't want to move around crazy we don't want to be swaying back and forth right but you know something that we can do is we can play with how close we are to camera to start versus how far back we are when we're further back it makes us look a little bit weaker when we get closer where we have more power more intimidation or you can also flip that when you get closer let's say it's a horror you get a little bit closer it shows some fear perhaps you give yourself a close-up that's something i always think about with my auditions is is there a moment i can give myself a little close-up just lean into the camera a bit. Also, try walking into frame at the start of the scene, walking out. Ultimately, we want to just take risks in our self-tapes. Take a chance. You know, a lot of the great self-tapes that we see, the one I think about is, I think, oh gosh, I hope I say his name correctly, uh, Dacre Montgomery from Stranger Things. I hope I said that right. He played Billy in the show. And in his self-tape, he has this whole sequence where he just starts dancing to some 80s music. And it's clear they didn't ask for that. He just chose to put it in, but it was bold. And it worked. Doesn't mean it's going to work every time. But he felt something for the character, and he added it in. And what's the worst-case scenario? You know, I... I highly doubt, and this is possible, it is possible, but I highly doubt a casting director would see that, would see him throwing in this little dance number and say, I'm never going to call him in again. Never. In fact, blackball him from the industry. No. Worst case scenario, they say, uh, not for me. Not for this. But odds are, even if he doesn't get the part with that, they're going to remember it, right? They're going to remember the guy that danced in his self-tape. The only one who did that, I presume. Maybe everyone did, I don't know. I presume he was the only one who sent in that dancing. So take some chances, you know? And something else, don't cut the audition too soon. I see sometimes, and I do this from time to time, you know, I finish my last line, and I just jump out of it, cut the tape. Try to let the life of the character live just a little bit more, just to see what happens, if anything interesting happens. Sometimes we can use that to exit the scene. We can walk out. We can find an improv moment. I know I used to be obsessed with putting buttons on the scene <laughs> by trying to come up with a line, but I don't actually think that's a great option now. Maybe for like a comedy but I think for the most part, if you want to add a button, make it something kind of physical. And by a button, I just mean, you know, a little line. This is going to be a cliche example, but uh, let's just say the end of it, there's no line and you just improv. I didn't see that coming. Something like that, you know? That's, that would be considered a button, the final thing on the scene. But maybe just try to find a physical button, you know? Zip up your jacket. You cough to yourself. I don't know. <laughs> These are just examples. 
And ultimately, they should be hopefully coming from a more organic place or something that you understand about the character, right? Something that tells us something about the character that maybe the lines did not allow us to expose. Something else, you know, I hear a discussion sometimes about how many takes you should send in. Unless they tell you to give more, then probably just do the one. And send the best one in. You know? Now that's not, again, it's not always the case. Use your best judgment on it. When I got booked on Bosch, it was such a short scene they sent me that I just sent in three takes of it. I just sent in three different options, and I booked it. They didn't ask for multiple takes. I just sent them three anyway. Happened to work that time. For another casting director, they might have been like, we didn't say any extra takes, so we're just going to not watch his video now. And some might say, we didn't ask for any extra takes, but you know what? We'll watch it anyway. So it's tough to say. Use your best judgment on it. If it's a long scene, I would recommend not doing additional takes to send in. But if they do ask for multiple takes, then give them something different with those two. If you try to do them both pretty much the exact same, then what's the point of sending in multiple takes? You want to show them a bit of a range of what you can do. So change it up a bit. Maybe you change your objective. Maybe you change just your approach to the character, to the scene. But give them options. And then finally, you know, there's more tips I could give. I think this could be one of the longest episodes, but I don't want to go overboard with this. Maybe I'll do a two-parter. Let me know if you'd be interested in more self-tape tips. But finally, just have fun. Every time you get a self-tape, that's an opportunity for you to do the thing that you love, to act. And we can put all this pressure on ourselves, thinking, I have to get this job, or i, I got to make sure I get the lines right, i got to do the character right. Remember, there's no right in the performance. There's honest. That's it. Some people might think that honesty is good. Some might think it's bad. That's not really up to us to determine. We just have to be honest and play. And I think that comes through. When you see an actor who's willing to play and take risks in the moment. Sometimes this happens where actors will just tape, you know, 30 takes of a scene because they are so nervous about making it perfect. But we really don't know what they want. We don't. And I think if you do that, it becomes this... It becomes something that's not quite art. You're no longer giving your interpretation on something. You're desperately trying to discover what someone else wants. But that's not our job as artists, at least in the pure and poetic sense in my mind. You know, Brian Cox, who I love as Logan Roy on Succession, brilliant performance, talks about how he just wants to hold a mirror up to society. 
He just wants to show the man. It doesn't matter if we like or dislike the man. He's just showing the truth of the man in his interpretation. And I think that's ideally what we want to work from, is our interpretation, our heart in the work. And sometimes that heart is going to get us the job. And sometimes they're not looking for that, for this particular job. But we can't take it personal, right? Trust your gut, trust your heart, and have some fun in those self-tapes. Thank you for listening to the Acting Notes podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a rating or review. It would really help the podcast grow. And I'd appreciate it a whole lot. (laughs) If you're enjoying the Acting Notes, you can also follow us on social media at the Acting Notes on TikTok and Instagram. I post more tips there as as well as clips of interviews with actors discussing the craft which I just love and let me know you know you can always reach out to me on those social media pages you can even reach out to me on my own at Justin R. Powell Justin underscore R underscore Powell but reach out to me if you have any questions or comments Anything you want to hear me discuss on the podcast, we're getting close now to bringing guests on, which I'm very excited about. I hope to bring you some individuals that can share their perspectives on art and acting that can help us all grow together. So once again, I'm Justin Powell. Thank you for listening to the Acting Notes. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.